What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. By the way, thank you to Mick Cronin, the head coach of the UCLA Bruins, is there in the Sweet 16. If you missed that interview, make sure you subscribe to the Sedano LZ and Cap podcast on Apple Podcasts, ESPN app, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. Laura, what do you got? So I actually have a bad what you need to know. One of my favorite places, Echo Park Lake, is actually going to be temporarily shutting down. Mm-hmm. And I love that place. I used to go for walks and see downtown L.A. And then my favorite thing to do there is the pedal boats. I love that. You, you can... like paddle boats, really? Yeah, it's fun. I'm not man. a paddle boat person. I haven't done that since I was a little kid. Like What's young. the reason for the shutdown? So no official announcement has been made, but they're saying that the park needs to shut down for repairs. But what their other people are saying is that it is a way for them to remove homeless encampments from yeah. the park. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. That's what yeah. I heard. They're trying to find a way to you know, have a reason to cut people out and move people out, which is unfortunate. You yeah. Know, but I'm a, I'm a pedal boats fan as well. They have those Thank back you. in my hometown in D.C. on the uh, reflect, not the reflecting pool, but by the uh, Jefferson Memorial. Yes. You I, can see the so uh, you can see the obelisk by the cherry blossoms. And it's that time of year now, too. So I welcome. love Washington. Yeah. Unfortunate that that's isolate that Greg. Okay, I love Washington. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so Paddle yeah, boats it is are unfortunate. Okay, that's the reason the that, that it's happening. Yeah, it is sad because there are a lot of homeless people that it's are a big living problem. there. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, it's a, a monster problem. problem for everybody. It's a problem Correct. for the people who are homeless, and yes. it's a problem for the city who's trying to figure out what can we do. It's a problem for philanthropists who are out there trying to solve this problem, and it's a problem yeah. for people that would like to actually use the park. Um, and it's not, listen, it's not like, oh, you're so privileged. You just want to use the park. You don't care. No, no, no. no. It's not like that. It's not so, like that. It, it's funny you mentioned this, Cap. So I have a, a, a friend that uh, was telling me he lives in, in Vegas. And there is a group in Vegas that is purchasing like small mo- like motels, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And they have turned, what they've done is they've turned these motel rooms, which are small, like, you know, three or 400 square feet, right? They're basically the size of a studio apartment. Um, into um, apartments that they're you know that they that they are financing for the people in the homeless community and you know each this is a small little place you're talking about like they're 25 grand or something like that now granted LA real estate is not Vegas real estate but I, I feel like just the idea of that small motels buying them up um, to allow these people to have a home and then they have an address which allows them to get back into the workflow community, right? I, I, I feel like that approach is pretty cool. If we could do that nationally or clearly locally here, I think it would help uh, plenty for sure. Bro, look, I was a city columnist in D.C. for a long time. I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about urbanism and the concept of housing development, but I'll say this very simply. Every single person on earth deserves a place to live. Yeah. That's it. Uh, all right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. You're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. So thanks again to Mick Cronin, uh, who joined us there. So let's recap Mick Cronin real quick before we get into this uh, crazy Laker rumor. So Mick Cronin hadn't heard of cauliflower pizza, right? He's from Cincinnati. Let's just be clear. I mean, he's a Midwest Correct. guy. Yeah. And, and maybe cauliflower pizza hasn't exactly made it to Cincinnati yet. You know, they're right, waiting on avocados. He works in Westwood. What are yeah. we talking about? Yeah. But he's only saying. been there for a little while during yeah, a pandemic, years. mostly. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's yeah. that. He's been here you for a You guys know how seasons. much money UCLA is spending on food? They're not worried about cauliflower pizza. But he's I in. I always say this because I had not heard it. of it either. Yeah, I had not he, heard of it either. I'm in to try it too. So he's I'm, in I'm to try it. And then number two, we got Greg UCLA gear. Huge. Right, which is yeah. probably, probably I'm very excited about really, this. Yeah, you're probably going to get a really nice, like, powdery blue hoodie with the yellow and the white and the cool script UCLA. 
and it's going to be really cool. And none of us jumped on it like, oh, wait, we had UCLA, too. Oh, Can no. We get some no, I plan, no, I plan on completely it. glomming yeah. on. Understand yeah. that, Greg. Yeah. I will be texting you on the side as yeah. a definite person who loves gear <laughs> in general. Let me get some baseball shirts. I need to have those. That's part of the discussion. So, I yeah, like that, that Coach thought that the pizza would qualify as a vegetable for his yes. daughter. That I yeah. liked. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Whatever you got to do as a parent, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't always easy. You got to do what you got to do. You got to figure it out. So It has uh, been but, cool, though, that we've gotten to see his family, his dad and his daughter and everybody yep. on, on, on the broadcast. So it's been, it's been a cool experience for him. He sounded like he was in a good mood, too, most generally, which is winning aside, always an excellent, excellent element. No doubt. Now, the Lakers have not been winning. Since LeBron has been hurt, they are well, this season when LeBron is out, they're 0-3. And these last couple losses have been ugly, okay? So, look, we all thought, okay, they're going to lose some games for sure. They're going to drop in the standings. Now I've hit a level of, yo, this playing thing might be real. Yeah. Like, if they're anywhere in 7-10, to 10, they may have to play in the plan. Now, granted, if LeBron and AD are healthy, which I fully expect to be the case by then, then I'm not worried. I'm favoring them in any situation, although it's a little more dicey because you're talking about, you know, two, a two-game sample perhaps. So there is the possibility. The rumor is out there. Woj talked about this today. Like So Woj and Zach Lowe did a trade deadline special today. And in their Kyle Lowry conversation, they were talking about, you know, Miami and Philadelphia and the Toronto aspect of it, this, that, and the other, because those are the two front runners. And then out of nowhere, as Zach is transitioning to the next thing, Woj interrupts him to say, okay, real quick, though, just got to give you a heads up. Don't rule out the Lakers with Kyle Lowry. And Zach Lowe had the same reaction that I had at home when I was watching. It was, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> like, like, you're just throwing this in here at the end? Like, what is going on here? So, of course, there were more questions. And, uh, yeah, like – I think it makes sense. I think that you're going to have to pay Schroeder. I don't know if the team is having a little buyer's remorse, perhaps, on Montrez Harrell. Um, it, it, the coach and him haven't always been on the same page this season. And, look, it, it may take Taylor Horton Tucker or a Kyle Kuzma. I, I don't think you can give up both. But I would consider moving Schroeder and Harrell and one of the young assets – for Kyle Lowry, a champion who has been tested, who is tough as nails, and has been the second best player on a championship team, let alone the third best player. I, I think you get Kyle Lowry, and I already had the Lakers as a favorite, Clinton, with just AD and, and LeBron if they were healthy. If they also have Kyle, I, I feel like they are by – maybe not by far. I don't want to be too exaggerative here. But uh, they are the team to beat, and I feel very comfortable saying that. This is assuming a lot. It assumes that LeBron comes back and everything is copacetic. It assumes that AD comes back and everything is cool. It also assumes that when LeBron and AD come back and Kyle Lowry, a guy who has played, I don't want to say second fiddle, but sort of Robin to a Batman, if you will, before, is going to fit in well with the other two as far as whatever their big three is concerned. I, that's a lot of work. You know, that's a lot of traffic for me. And I, I just... I don't feel that that necessarily makes the team more suited to win the NBA Finals. I really don't. You know, sure, they might be sort of, this sounds ridiculous to say, but like they might be better on paper game to game, 
But I just don't think from a body standpoint what you're giving up from a long-term look and what you get out of Kyle Lowry. And again, I say this as a massive Kyle Lowry fan. Google my name and Kyle Lowry. You can see all the words I've written about him. Google fantastic. me. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm serious. You know what I mean? Like, I like him as a player and as a dude. I just That doesn't mean I think the fit is good. You know, And this is a scenario where it just feels like a panic move in a scenario in which ultimately – how much better are you really going to get, all right? You were already the best team in the league. Two of your guys are injured and out. You don't have to break the glass. This is not, I mean, sure, it's an emergency, but the fire extinguisher is not going to change the fire right now. You just got to let the thing burn out, and that's kind of where we are. With the league. You know, but George, you have said a couple times today, you feel very confident that LeBron and AD will both come back and both come back healthy, okay? Prior to the playoffs, yes. Okay, prior to the playoffs. So how prior? A game, two games, five games, ten games. Um, a lot of this, if these guys come back, just hypothetically, just for the playoffs, you're just anticipating, and I say you, I mean everybody, would just anticipate that's LeBron James, that's Anthony Davis, they're wearing uniforms, they're healthy enough to be on the floor, therefore the Lakers are back to being the Lakers. And what, as much as I think LeBron is superhuman, he has proven, once again, that he's just like the rest of us. He's just human, and he can get hurt. And the question will be, can he come back and be 100% of what he is? And the same goes for AD. And by the way, if the answer is no, if the answer is that they can't or that they're not going to, then is Kyle Lowry, should this ever go down, is this about, hey, we got to try and win this year, or is this about, you know what, Schroeder's not what we thought, LeBron doesn't love him that much. Montrez isn't doing as much as we thought. We don't love him quite as much either. So it's okay. We can get rid of those guys, and we can concentrate on the long-term future, and we got the better player at that position. Because I don't think Kyle Lowry, without, obviously, this goes without saying, without LeBron and AD, forget it. There is no title. I mean, we're watching these guys yesterday get blown off the floor, and on Monday, I'm, I'm, I'm the doomsdayer of the group, right? <laughs> How many people are with me now? How many people are going, yeah, you know what? Um, if AD and LeBron don't come back, you're right. It's panic time. No, no, no one was debating that part of it. We were just debating the timeline of it. Like I, I, and and that to me is the thing. Like I, I think LeBron will be back. If I had to guess, right? Um, you know, by the end of April, which gives you two weeks at the very latest, in my opinion, uh, which gives you two weeks before the playoffs even start. So you got like six, seven games in there to get yourself right. And I think AD will be back perhaps even before then. Um, so, and if he's not, then I think he comes back on a similar timeline at the latest. So it just gives you some time to get going. And if you make the addition of a Kyle Lowry, you've got some time to work through those kinks as well. You're almost treating that part of the season as long as you have enough wins, right? Which look, will be interesting. Obviously the way this team is playing at the moment, you're treating it like a glorified exhibition, right? And I think that that, that's just kind of the, the idea here, but you're not going to, you're not staying afloat, okay, if you don't add another player who is all-star caliber, and they don't have that player on this roster right now. I don't but really the, know that anybody that they could add could keep this team afloat. Seriously. like, if, Well, if they got to be more – they'll be way more competitive I'll buy that. With, with a Kyle Lowry than they would be – I mean, they're getting blown out. Like, they haven't even well, been competitive. Hold on. I mean, how much – hold on. How much more competitive are they going to get? Kyle Lowry – I mean, like, you think Kyle Lowry's going to start th scoring 35 points a game and winning games? Like, well, I think he has – he has had stretches in his career when he's had to do that, and he's done it and, – and he's helped Toronto win games, sure. Like, I don't think he needs to do it every night. I just think he needs to do it for a little while. Yeah, but who's he going to be on the floor with? I mean, listen, if, if they were to trade Schroeder – and Harold. When they and, get Drummond in there. 
Okay, now that's but that's an if still as no, well. No, but that, if he gets bought out, it, 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 I mean, the reporting says that the Lakers are the front runner. Right, but there's also a, a report here within the last few minutes that the Knicks have emerged as a possibility. The Knicks ain't going to know Knicks. I'm just man, telling you that. what's out there. I, mean, I don't listen, give a crap what anybody says. Nobody's going. Nobody's going to get that's getting bought out is going to the Knicks. That's ridiculous. Listen, all I'm telling you is is that the reports Who reported are out that? there, just Who like Kyle that? Lowry, just like Who Kyle Lowry. Who reported that? Who stand reported by, the Knicks thing? Stand by. Why are you barking at me? Because that's absurd. Stand by. Okay, Why is it so absurd? The, the Knicks aren't relevant to you anymore? Are you bad? They're not. The Knicks, nobody's the Knicks getting bought out. He's going, going to here's a non-championship contender. Here, here's the report. Kevin Who? O'Connor on Twitter says, Sources, the New York Knicks have emerged as a serious potential destination for Cavaliers big man Andre Drummond. So, listen, you decide for yourself. I love you Kevin think- O'Connor, but that is nonsense, okay? And I would tell Kevin O'Connor that to his face or his ear if he was on this phone Get right him now. on the line. Okay, okay. Yeah, George. that is nonsense. There is no way in God's green earth, okay, unless he just wants to get paid because the Knicks have a, have a lot of cap space and no one else seems to have that. He, he could go to the Knicks in the offseason. If he wants to win a championship, he's going to L.A. or he's going to Brooklyn. End of story. Maybe, but bottom line. You're, the point about Lowry is this. What are you giving up? What else are you getting? And can he help you sustain as the schedule gets tougher? And as you know, you won't have LeBron and AD for call it the next at least two weeks, but probably more realistically, at least the next four weeks. Is Kyle Lowry going to carry this team? Because right now, honestly, he'd, they, he'd, he'd do a better job than Dennis Schroeder. Yes. Okay. They get how many games? How many game difference? If they win two games while they're out versus, are they going to win six? I games, mean, listen. Right games? now, they're looking like they're not going to win any games. That's correct. <laughs> they are. That's so, right. So two or three is better than zero. Well, listen. I told you guys the other day. If these listen, without these two guys, we talk about them coming back and they may have to play their way in. The climb up the mountain from way down at the bottom for two guys coming fresh off injury going to be a whole lot okay. tougher. Then we're giving it credit for. Agreed. Let's op- let's open it up right now. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Kyle Lowry, you in or you out? Cauliflower crust pizza and cauliflower substitute for all sorts of other foods. Are you in or are you out? Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Coming up next, uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff. The drama continues. Lindsay Theory is going to join us at five thirty. She's got this reporting. Uh, on this relationship and how it went south. There's like all sorts of gossip in there. We'll get to that coming up in a minute too. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details thank you chris all right we have chris adorno from la habra on the line what is the money madness school of the day sir yes my second favorite team at sister jean the lower chicago ramblers Congratulations! You win $200 in cash and qualify for the grand prize, two nights at a luxury suite at Harris Resort SoCal, $250 resort credit, and perhaps even $1,000 in spending cash if you win the grand prize. Congrats, man. How does it feel? It feels amazing. I've been trying every day. So, way to, way to uh, make my, uh, my March Madness even better. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate it. It feels amazing. Yeah. 
You got Dude. it, brother. 200 bucks in your pocket, man. Awesome. Congratulations. Absolutely. And make sure you guys listen tomorrow at 4.15 where we will announce another Money Madness School of the Day. Do you want to win in March Money Madness? Be listening tomorrow, 4.15 p.m. to Sedato LZ and Cap. SLK is dancing. The Madness on 710 ESPN. All right, so congrats again to Chris Adorno from La Habra. Another satisfied customer, 200 bucks in his pocket, and he qualifies for the grand prize, the two nights at Harris Resort SoCal, a $250 resort credit, and a grand in spending cash. I like him uh, excited, too, dude. That's cool, you know? Like, hey, yeah. man, I just won 200 bucks. I heard my name on the radio. My friends are texting me right now, and I'm going to win that grand prize. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. Go buy some cauliflower pizza. There you go. Yeah. You buy a lot of cauliflower pizza with 200 bucks. Um, so Lindsay Theory is going to join us in a couple minutes. Uh, we will talk to her about this crazy Sean McVay, uh, Jared Goff story that she wrote. And it feels like we were uh, constantly uh, dealing with this saga, right? And we've been talking about this for a long time. And by the way, for those people who want to chime in on our Lakers discussion, the big rumor is Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, Woj mentioned, don't rule out the Lakers for Kyle Lowry. Are you in on a Kyle Lowry deal? It'll cost you Schroeder, it'll cost you Harold, and it's probably going to cost you one of the young guys. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Plus, we've been discussing cauliflower pizza, mm-hmm. cauliflower substitutes on food. Are you in or are you out? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. All right, so, so yeah. w- while we deal with that, this story, Cap, Yes. Um. To me, it it did provide some interesting details that I wasn't aware of prior, including how much John Wolford, which is something LZ talked about a lot when he, you know, back then, uh, about the impression that he made on this Rams team. Yeah. Yeah. When when reading through Lindsay's piece today, and I thought it was a really good piece, and I would say if you're a Rams fan and you still are interested in this, you should check it out and read it. I found it to be very interesting. However, I can't say I found it surprising. You know, I've been the one guy who's been saying that I really wasn't ready to give up on Jared Goff, but I really would have liked to have seen him handled differently. There's a portion of the story where she tells that that I don't remember exactly who they were playing against. It was like week eight of the season. And uh, and and the and McVeigh stands up and says at halftime, you know, he doesn't say Goff's name, but he's staring at him and he's pretty much calling him out in front of everybody, you know, and some players respond well to that and other players don't really respond well to that yeah and energy from your coach your gm your front office it 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 filters its way down and in my opinion when the coach is giving up on a player and everybody around it sees it and hears it and feels it it's very hard for the player to recover my point is this when you read this story keep an open mind and think to yourself Sean McVay is still a very young guy who's in his senior year, if you will, of coaching. And he's not Bill Belichick. And he's got growing to do and how he handles and treats players. In the final analysis, there was never trust for Jared Goff to go out and be a playmaker, to be a thinker, to be somebody who could, you know, just kind of play freely and loosely. Sean McVay better adjust a little bit, pivot a little, because that's what he's getting in Matthew Stafford, a guy who's going to want to play freely. Yeah, but the trust factor, I think, is one that we can't just dismiss away from the head coach. Like, the reason why coaches trust their players is because they coach them up, 
to do things that they believe that they can do. And, like, at some point, i got to look at McVeigh and be like, all right, bro. Like, you know, we talked about on Monday whether or not Stafford could just walk into the locker room and get the respect of either the coach or the team. This story coming out kind of changes that calculus in the context of, like, yo, he needs somebody that everybody else respects because if he was in the business of not respecting his own quarterback in front of the team, well, then who knows – what else was going on in terms of the confidence of the squad? You know, never mind the offensive unit. Like, I, this, I don't love this if I'm a Rams fan. Even if what you got in the long term was better overall, knowing that, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I mean, this is, I don't want to say garden variety NFL stuff because this is a tremendous breakdown of a story from Lindsay on a background level as to how this stuff actually happens. But, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super impressed by anybody involved here. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that Stafford's arrival means a larger level of stability in their quarterback room. Never mind their offense. Yeah. But think about this, you know, and this was a point that Lindsay makes in the piece. It's, it was comparable to the way Alex Smith was treated by the 49ers where every year there was a new coordinator and a new quarterbacks coach. And she points out that for Jared Goff, every year they changed quarterbacks coaches. And a lot of times what happens is the quarterback coach, the assistant coach is a buffer between head coach and quarterback. Um, sometimes the head coach and quarterback can have personality conflict. And it's that assistant coach that has to be the liaison between the two. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is every single year under McVay and when they had Goff, they were changing quarterbacks, coaches, and coordinators. And to me, that's that's a big, important part of all of this. They'll, look, and guys get picked off, right? I mean, every year, if you coach for Sean McVay, you get a head coaching job. Guys yeah. get picked off. It's hard yeah. to keep a staff together. But it's an important part of the story, in my opinion. Well, I would also say this. There's also the part where Jared Goff was literally a creation of Sean McVay. Like, he was at one point – um, in his rookie season, I know it used to piss Jared off because somebody wrote it, and I believe it was uh, Mark Maskey at the Washington Post, about how Sean was literally talking to him up until the communication in his headset was cut off, um, that he had to walk him through things. And yes, you could say maybe that's being a micromanager, but clearly Goff needed it because we saw what he was like the first year when he didn't have that kind of communication and tutelage under Jeff Fisher. So I, I do think that if you're Sean, you get to a point where, like, okay, I made this dude into something more than than most people thought he was going to be, especially after that first season. And you know what? I, I've squeezed all the juice out of this out of this fruit, you know. So I, I think that that's what we have here, and I think people forget that aspect of it. That Jared Goff is a product of the system more than anything else. Yeah, but George, you make it sound as if Jared Goff was an undrafted free agent. No, he's a first. But how many right? guys who are number one overall picks are busts, dude? Well, no, like, but we've he's seen not a that. Bust. He's not he's a bust. He's not a bust. He's not I mean, a bust. Listen, I mean yeah. he's not a bust, but I'm saying he he was that first year, I'll never forget it, okay? We were sitting here myself, Mason Ireland, Keyshawn, Marcellus Wiley, and, and LZ, and we were all wondering is this dude even an NFL player? Like, what are we talking about? And we had two dudes who played in the NFL questioning that. Right, so, right. like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, he's not a bust, but it's because of Sean McVay he's not a bust. Well, I, listen, um, okay, so in his first year, things didn't go real well, but obviously McVay was not the coach. And you're a rookie quarterback, and your eyes are wide open, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, and you're not starting at the beginning of the year, and, and you're, it's almost like you're being punished for being a rookie by the coach at the time. So take that, take your one out of the equation for a moment. No, I can't take that out of the well, equation. But, Are you but, nuts? But, no, I'm not nuts at all because what did they do? They decided organizationally, we drafted this guy number one overall. We don't think we have the right coach to coach this guy, so what are we going to do? We're going to go out and get the next young, hot, offensive-minded coach. 
Now, that's what McVay was advertised as, and it only took him two years to take a team to a Super Bowl. But here's the thing. When you're young and you haven't loosened yourself up because you're a first-time head coach. By the way, first-time head coach in anything. He wasn't a college head coach or a high school head coach. This was his first time running a team. And what happens, in my opinion, is sometimes you're wound too tight and you don't let things happen around you. Sure. You want to control everything. And to me, we can blame Goff and say, well, he wasn't able to take in what McVay was trying to coach him up. But, or on the other hand, the way I look at it is McVay wouldn't let go. Let your player make plays. Stop oh, trying to control Greece. him. You can't go on the field and oh, do it stop. for him, Coach. He stunk. Greece. That guy stunk Greece. before no, McVay. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally with the number Cap one overall on, pick. Yeah, he I'm stunk. Totally, hold on, though, George. I'm with Cap on this point. I say this all the time. The worst coach position in the league is quarterback. Okay, and also it's the easiest one to mess up by doing exactly what Scott is talking about, which is micromanaging it because you think you know better. That's your right as a coach. But if it doesn't work out at some point, you have to look at the human doing the coaching and say, what are we talking about here? Does Stafford necessarily mean that all of a sudden every single thing that McVeigh thinks should be happening in the offense is going to happen? Not necessarily. We're going to figure that out. My point is, is that this is not necessarily super becoming of somebody who still got a reasonable amount to prove in terms of whether or not the Super Bowl run was a fluke. I'm sorry. Wait, are, are I respect you, the guy. Uh, uh, here, this no, is no, 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 it. No, no, no. Not getting to the job element. You're here today, Clinton. Uh, here we go. Here we, you know what? Laura, Laura, do this. Push back this. Push back the break. We're going to double up when Lindsay comes on because we're going to have this conversation. I mean, how good you, of a coach do we Yates. think that Sean McVay is? Honestly, you, you, think you, a, you are not a fan of Sean McVay. I didn't say I was not a fan. What I'm saying is that, again, I believe you don't think he's. You think he's a little overrated. I think he's correctly rated as maybe number 10 in the top 10 coaches in the league. That's what I think. Number 10? I think 10? he's overrated. I think he's overrated. Why do you think he's overrated? What makes because, you think that? Because here's the thing. It's very fashionable every year to go out and take a Sean McVay assistant to become your head coach. It is, it is then his job to fill his staff and refill it, unfortunately for him, every year. Okay? And look, if you look at the record, 2017, they were 11 and 4. 2018, 13 and 3. Last year, they were 9 and 7, didn't make the playoffs, and this year they kind of just snuck into the playoffs. They're trending downward. They've decided to blame it all on their quarterback. We got to upgrade the quarterback position. He turns the ball over, he fumbles it, he holds it too long. There's everything wrong with Jared Goff. By the way, these are the same people that gave him this whoa, massive whoa, whoa, contract. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, let me let me let me hit the pause button for a second. You said they're trending down. They were picked to win six or seven games this year. The picks are not the point. The results. No 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 not making the playoffs, being maybe the worst team in the division, arguably, and they didn't. He so to sit here and say that they're trending downward is inaccurate, in my Look opinion. Look at the numbers, George. They're trending downward based upon the results at the end of the season. Being the third best team in the NFC West doesn't make you a bad team. That's they the were the second here. best team in the division. Okay, it, whatever. It, it, 
But okay, that, no, that, that's not. They were the third. They were third me, the year before, let me ask and they question. are trending. They are so you could have said two seasons ago they were trending down. Really? They are no longer trending down, well, and now they will be. They overachieved last year based on their roster because they had to shed everybody. I don't know. They had the number one defense in the league last year, and let me just remind you of this one statistics right. And, and, a fact. and, and do you goes. remember what our conversations were like before the season when Wade Phillips was gone? Oh man, what's going to happen without Wade Phillips? Well, look what happened. They were able to deal yeah. with uh, defensively, and the guy who everybody says is the genius is on the offensive side, and he's the guy running the offense, and that's the side that really failed the team. But let me remind you of one thing that happened this year. They failed the team because the quarterback stunk. Well, yeah, maybe. Or I can show you a lot of games this past year, George, where the play calling was horrendous. But I just Maybe the play you. calling was horrendous because the quarterback stunk? Well, wow, okay. Uh, listen, we can go back and look at some of these games, but here, last thought for me before we get to Lindsay. Here goes. They lost at home to the winless Jets. Yeah. Sean McVay's team yeah. lost at home in the middle they of did. a playoff race right. to the winless Jets. To me, they're still trending on the down. They got to get back if you're going to start trending to the Super Bowl. They lost, they lost that game. It was a terrible game. There's no question about that. Uh, it's also a game where Jared Goff took three sacks in that game and didn't necessarily have a great game despite throwing two touchdowns. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, but they let's had get Lindsay... zero touchdowns at halftime. Come on, man. It's let, not let's all go, about golf. Let, let's get – okay. I mean, listen. All right. Go ahead. We'll bring Lindsay on. We're going to put her in a tough spot now because now we're arguing about stuff that, uh, you know, is going to put her in a tough position. But she's got a great story. <laughs> go to her Twitter page, and you can see it. It's also on the ESPN app and ESPN.com about the uh, drama surrounding Sean McVay and Jared Goff. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. It is 710 to Lindsay today because this is her second appearance on the station today. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for hanging out. Um if you had to do a blame pie, okay, on the issues with the Rams offense last season, how much of it is Jared Goff? How much of it is Sean McVay? How much of it is maybe the, the, the uh, another aspect of it? Like, how would you break that up potentially? You're making me do a pie chart. Okay, you guys know it. math is not my strong suit here, so let's see if it all adds up. Uh, I would go 55, oh, 60%. I'm going to give 60%. I'm going to put it on the coach. 40%, I'm going to put on the quarterback. Um, I think the coach is there to put players in positions to play to their strengths, to put them in positions to succeed. Um, so I put more on Sean McVay than I do on Jared Goff. But, of Good. course, Jared has to shoulder some of this because you're getting paid a massive amount of money, mm -hmm. so you have to perform. Yep, and, you know, you talk about putting players in positions to succeed. George, you ever take a look at the number of times Jared Goff, a right-handed quarterback, was rolled oh, to his go. left? I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes to throw across his body. I don't believe that they got the most out of this guy. And, Lindsay, when I read your article this morning, I got to tell you, um, I found it really interesting, but I wasn't shocked per se. I always felt like McVay was holding on too tight and he never let the player play free. That was my opinion, and that's really a lot of what I took out of your piece. 
Yeah, and I think that's really fair. Um, as many people that I spoke with, you know, um, there became kind of this instance where Sean McVay started kind of micromanaging Jared, right? He had quarterbacks coaches who he could kind of send his message through the first couple of years. And then, you know, after the Super Bowl, after the offense had to deal with defenses in a different way, um, he kind of just started pressing and pressing. And before you know it, he was bypassing, you know, it was good cop, bad cop. And he was supposed to be always the good cop. And he became the bad cop because he, he kind of just bypassed the quarterbacks coaches to go straight to golf and deliver the message. And uh, that's where, you know, get a little too close to this and you don't protect your quarterback's confidence issues start to, to go astray. The vibe I got from everything you reported so well and so gracefully was the, you know how you have two friends sometime and you're like, I like both of you, but you guys need to break up because watching you all in front of each other is really annoying for the rest of us. Is there some level of like relief from what you know from the people around the team that this break has been made, and at the very least, everybody can sort of move on, whatever the results may be? No question. I think it became kind of exhausting around the building, um, around the organization, of, of kind of almost tiptoeing around what is this quarterback situation. And I think that became apparent to a lot of people um, when they went up to Seattle and John Wolford started. And it was like, whoa. And Jared Goff was the only backup, right? So that was the really weird part there. Uh, is that Jared Goff wasn't healthy enough to start, but he was healthy enough to be the only backup. Um, so I think that a lot of people are, I can't speak for everyone because obviously I didn't speak to everybody there, um, but I do think there is a lot of people who just feel a sense of relief um, that there's going to be a fresh start. Everyone kind of gets a clean slate again, and there's not this tension and this kind of weirdness between the coach and quarterback. Why was he nicknamed Baby Breeze John Wolford? How did that come about? <laughs> you know, I, I think it really just had to do with um, his ability. Uh, John Wolford also has a really great way about him. Um, and that's not to say that Jared Goff doesn't. I, I covered Jared for obviously his entire tenure here in L.A., and I think he does have a, a great personality that a lot of us didn't get to see all the time, wicked sense of humor. Um, but John Wolford has a way about himself, and he is – it's hard to classify because obviously he's an undrafted guy, but for what he is, he's a very talented quarterback. Um, and I think that he kind of got that nickname because he's – just able to do so much, and he is so incredibly smart. Um, obviously, a massive student of the game. He's kind of like a football junkie. Um, so I think that's kind of where you get the the breeze connection, um, the physical ability connected to a smart, and he can kind of do it all. Yeah, you know what's interesting about this is when a quarterback and a coach relationship sours, one of the two of them has to go. And if you look back and you see Mike McCarthy now the coach of the Cowboys, when he was in Green Bay, he and Aaron Rodgers lost their buffer. And once that happened, the Packers had to make a decision. It's one or the other. They chose the quarterback over the coach. In the Rams' case, they chose, because they were able to get out of the contract, they chose the coach over the quarterback. Again, Lindsay, that's the way I took your piece. Yeah, and you know, there was, no, I don't, there was never a doubt uh, here uh, that I know of that it was not going to be Sean McVay, right? This thing isn't working anymore, um, and Sean McVay is, still an incredible coach, right? I mean, if you told Rams fans you're going to go to the playoffs three of the last four seasons after he took over a 4-12 and team, I mean, by all means, this is still an incredibly successful team. Uh, they just weren't having the level of success that maybe they expected with Scott, um, given they had the number one defense. Uh, so um, McVay going nowhere, it, it had to be the quarterback that changed. 
Well, oh, hold on. Let's tell us some of these interesting things about Jared Goff that we don't know that has not been bestowed upon us. Now that he's gone, we can talk nice about him. I, I need to know these interesting <laughs> things. I didn't know them. Uh, me, like, I mean, tell me something cool about him. No, so he he has a um, a wit about him, a very dry sense of humor, and you know if there's one piece of advice that not that Jared Goff wants to hear from me, but um, going forward, I hope that he lets it show a little bit. Um, I think you know that 2016 season had to be a bit traumatizing. I know he he was really brave and put on a strong face and um, bounced back, but that was a tough season, right? Seven winless starts. Everyone's calling you a bust, um, but. So I think he was guarded with us, the media, um, through the rest of his time in L.A. But, uh, you know, once in a while he showed a great wit, a great sense of humor. And I think that if people saw that more, that maybe Jared would kind of take a little less flack publicly for maybe being thought of as not really having much fire or personality behind him. I totally agree with that, by the way. And and you know what? It's It's a quarterback who has to be the personality of the actual team. You know, people say, you know, a team takes on the personality of its coach, but the quarterback has to be given enough to, to, enough to be able to put his personality out there. And I always felt like not only was Goff controlled on the field, but he was just kind of treated like a child off the field. And if he becomes a grown-up in Detroit, and if they win a little bit, which has not probably not likely because Good luck Detroit, with that. Right. Then, then maybe he could become – uh, a likable leader, but I'm just telling you, you know, you got to sometimes as a coach, as hard as it is, you've got to let your players play. And I don't think Sean McVay did that for golf. All right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Right along that line. Uh, Lindsay, before we go cauliflower crust pizza, are you in or are you out? Never tried it. Never will. Actually, I should never say never, but if I'm having pizza, I'm having the real thing, you guys. I'm with I'm you, gonna tell you. Excellent reply. I, mm. I had the same position as you. I am part of the carb community, okay? However, <laughs> however, it was put in front of me today not knowing what it was and ate it and did not taste a difference, okay? <laughs> so I'm just warning you that uh, if you don't know, it, it will surprise you. And last thing, today is National Chocolate-Covered Raisins Day. Are you in or out on raisins and chocolate-covered raisins? Out, hard out. If I'm having yeah. chocolate, I'm having chocolate. I'm not going to stick some disgusting raisin in the center of it. No, thank, thank you. you. What? Now you and I can be friends again. Absolutely. There it is. Why is everybody Theory. so down on raisins? Oh, it's, for, if, uh, it's good if you're like six. If, you know, outside of that, not good. Um, all right. Lindsay Theory, phenomenal job as always. Does a great job covering your Los Angeles Rams. Check out her work. The story that we've been discussing, it's on ESPN.com, the ESPN app, and on her Twitter feed. Thanks, Lindsay. Take care. Great job, Lindsay. Appreciate you guys. See ya. Appreciate it. All right. Coming up next, we'll have some reaction. If you want to open it up, I know there's people still want to weigh in on this Kyle Lowry to the Lakers rumor. Are you in trading Schroeder, Harrell, and one of the kids for Kyle Lowry, for a championship-tested player to be the third-best player on this team? Are you in or out on cauliflower pizza? And now, raisins. Are you in or are you out on raisins? One of the many, uh, you know, I guess, products that you can get here in California. Raisins in California, a big thing. So I feel like we're going to have uh, some issues here potentially. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll be back in four and a half minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, this song has way too much of a ramp-up, so I'm just going to start talking. <laughs> Sedano, LZ, Cap, 710 ESPN. Thanks to Lindsay Theory for joining us a second ago. So let me, let me do this, because Twitter is a buzz today on this show. Clint Yates in for LZ today. What up? And thank you, Clint, for hanging out with us today. So people are, are on me for one of three things, or if not all three things, okay? Right, maybe uh, it is all three. It could be. It just depends on the people's preference. Uh, And we will get to your calls here about the Kyle Lowry rumor to the Lakers. Woj saying don't sleep on the Lakers, basically, when it comes to Kyle Lowry. Don't rule them out. So the first thing was my wife, I don't know if she tricked me because she didn't actually tell me that what it was uh, or wasn't trying to bait me into eating pizza today, but she made a frozen pizza and I I just saw it there. It had just been made, so I grabbed a a slice. I ate it. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Um, Where'd you get this? And she's like, oh, from Costco. And she's like, it's cauliflower uh, crust. And I was like, Huh, look at that. Didn't even taste the difference. So all the anti it created a wedge, basically. It was very polarizing. There's well, cauliflower is. people. There's non-cauliflower people. There's I people mean, who haven't tried it. Mick Cronin is going to try it. He was on with us earlier. Uh, you Lindsay literally Theory pissed not off tried half it. the people. You, you know, you, you can't win, George Sedano. Right, You've come right. up with a strong opinion. Yeah. And by having a strong opinion that cauliflower-crusted pizza doesn't even taste different than cardboard-crusted frozen pizza. Yeah. That strong opinion has been very polarizing, and now 50% of the people are very upset with you. It it, it has been met uh, with some resistance, for sure. Um, So there's that. (laughs) Then I dropped on Lindsay that um, it is chocolate-covered raisin day, which, by the way, there are way too many days if we're doing chocolate-covered raisin day. But nonetheless, nonetheless. This is Facebook's um, fault. I am (laughs) anti-raisin, despite it being a big product, uh, a source of economic, uh, you know, uh, of economic prowess Stimulus. Here in the state of California. Come on, okay. Stimmy time. George. Okay. Um, so, but I am out on raisins. I believe if you are not that, you know, six or younger, you shouldn't be eating raisins, even if they have chocolate on them. Um, and then third thing was what was the other thing I had? Oh, the Undertaker. The Undertaker the hit the yeah. bell. Overrated. Come That's on. When we did, when we yeah. did overrated, underrated, properly rated, I said the Undertaker's overrated because it's basically he's Kane with better marketing. Okay, that's basically what he is. Okay. And, and you know, the WrestleMania streak, and oh my God, he's not undefeated anymore. Whatever. Okay. So overrated. People are very angry at all three of those. Clinton Yates, if you were rating them from an outlandish scale, right, on which one is more outlandish, how would you rank those three at the moment? First of all, I'm completely with you on raisins. Raisins are. Uh, not even overrated. They're just, I, I don't eat raisins. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I'll watch the California raisins. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what I'll do. I'll, yeah. I'll watch them break down some oldies that, you know, I don't remember. That's fine. And also, now. you're wasting both the chocolate and the raisin if you're putting chocolate on the raisin. If you're going to eat raisins, you don't want chocolate on them. That just doesn't work for me. Um, that's the, so that's the third most outrageous. The second is the cauliflower crust. Now, let me explain something to you. There is no endorsement value in saying it tastes just as good as something else. You see what I'm saying? Like, if that's as high as we can get on the list of things that I'm trying to put my mouth and feed myself with, okay, I'm eating the regular thing. That's just me. Okay. But this under this Undertaker take is outrageous. Thank you. Got you Here hot. we go. Yeah. Whose music is that? 
I don't even watch wrestling. My eyeballs are flipping. My man Paul Bearer has got things moving. The casket is open, and you're ready to go down to the mat. There is no scenario in which The Undertaker is overrated. Again, I'm not even a big wrestling fan, but I know that dude because of that song and that move. Come on, George. Respect the game. That's all I have on that. He's Kane with better marketing. He's his. What is Kane? His brother, in theory, right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. What Kane's mean, not a guy. Show his versatility. Him. Yeah. I Thank mean, you. what a versatile, versatile player. Listen, George, your your chocolate covered raisin and no raisin should be eaten by anybody above the age of six years old. Yeah. That to me is your number one hottest take. Today. Really. Yeah, oh, wow. because I think that it's ageism right there is what that is. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit older than six years old, and I'll tell you yeah. something right now. I love raisinets. Okay, mm. I think raisinet. I, I actually like raisins or nuts covered in chocolate. Okay, now so nuts, I, I'm in. Raisinets. Let that sit a, there and use that as a drop later. I was gonna yeah, say, I was really. That. Somebody mark that tape, please. Yeah. Raisinets are freaking awesome, no. and you're what? missing out. Oh my gross. god, okay, that's so gross. one. And you're I love the, chocolate. Hold on, Cap. You're going to the movie theater and getting raisinets? Never. That's what you're Dude. doing back in before Never. times? There's so, many gr- there's so many good candies you can get at the movie theater before you get to raisinets. I know, but, but in my mind, this is, this is, this is the, the prison that I live in. I'm like, well, they're kind of healthy because they're raisins, kind of. A little yeah. bit, I think, even though they're covered in milk okay. chocolate, not dark chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Milk chocolate. So raisinets, I'm in on. I know I'm not alone. Come on, raisinette fans out there. That's yeah, number I one. Yeah. Undertaker <laughs> number two. Undertaker yeah. number two. Overrated. Yeah. The only reason you had him is overrated is because you couldn't put Chris Bosh there. Me and Clinton did. And three, cauliflower pizza. Listen, here's the beauty of cauliflower pizza. Yeah. It's a very crunchy crust. And yeah. if made properly, it can be a little on the crunchy side and just a little bit on the soft side, too. So oh, it's an al dente, a, if you will. It's a very lovely texture. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the phones here. Ben and Thousand Oaks. Ben, what do you got? Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, yo. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Um, so essentially, I wanted to talk about all three topics you guys just broke down. I'll be Please super, do. super quick. We'll end with the Laker trade because I feel like that's the most important. As far as raisins, I agree with Sedona, which is very rare. But I agree with Sedona on this one. I don't think raisins should be eaten by anyone in general, not even kids. I hated them as a kid. I still hate them today as an adult. <laughs> even covered in chocolate. My dad yes. was the guy that would get them at the the movie theater, and I just would look at him with a, with a dumb look like, why? Why would you Man. do this, father? Anyways, um, cauliflower crust, I, again, agree with Sedano on this one. Very rare, but I agree with Sedano on this one. Not so rare anymore. Yeah. It's not so rare anymore. You're two for three on this one. But uh, yeah. my girlfriend actually turned me on to it because she can't eat gluten and, and stuff like that so we have to switch over to uh the cauliflower action but it's actually way better than you think people who don't want to try it take my word for it go try some go to blaze pizza wherever wherever you can get it and try it out okay. and then lastly the laker trade um remind me who the three players you said you said it was going to be Kyle well, no, no. i was or... just I, I it wasn't it wasn't like that that wasn't the actual story like i was just throwing salaries out there You're speculating like, like, You're speculating. like right okay. schroeder uh, right, it was completely speculation on my part. Schroeder would have to be one of them because you wouldn't have another point guard on the roster. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, Trez, I put out there because clearly, you know, there's been moments where it seems like Frank doesn't trust him, especially on defense, right? So I think those two and one of the and, – and Toronto's going to want a young asset or a pick, right? So you're going to have to give up something like that in a situation like that as well. Yeah, it's just, it's just a tough one for me. The trade deadline, I know we're trying to, like – 
fit some things in right right at the end of the trade deadline because we got LeBron out and AD out. But I think we're better off keeping the guys we have and the system we have. They know it well. It's 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 better to keep. I think the guys we have versus to give up potentially three guys for one. Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle Lowry in general, but I just don't think he's a fit for for our okay. team as far as I got you. He's a defense. Been- Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. I want to squeeze in one more here. Let me go to Beto and Whittier. What's up, Beto? Mi hermano, uh, Kaplan, and Yates. What's up, brothers? Uh, yo, yo, so yo. Real quick, what up? I'll try to make it real quick. Uh, raisins. Man, why would you do that to a grape? There's so many good things to do to a grape. <laughs> wine. Eat the grape itself. But, uh, point. Uh, make uh, some no, wine. No, 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 sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, but, but other than that, no, no on raisins. Um... Uh, no on uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream. I'll just throw that one right out there. <laughs> and then uh, um, I'm just in on, uh, let's see, what was the other food item? Undertaker, hold on. Undertaker is uh, properly rated because when I did watch uh, wrestling during the uh, Attitude Era or whatever that was called. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I was all in on, on whatever iteration of the Undertaker was out there. Uh, so properly rated. And then... Uh, Kyle Lowry, yeah, I'm I'm in on Kyle Lowry only because this, uh, what you'd be giving up outside of THT if you're talking about youngsters, um, you'd be giving up two contracts that you have no idea about uh, come next year, especially because you may not have that money. And yeah. think about it. At no, no, listen, Beto, Beto, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I'm with you. The and we got to run because we're up against it. But and I appreciate the call. But, look, I get it. You, they're going to have to make some decisions on salary. Schroeder, right, is one of them, right? Like, THT, Caruso. There's a lot of decisions that go into this, too. All right, we're going to be back in three and a half minutes. Sean Farnham's going to join us. We'll take more of your calls. Sean's going to join us to talk some UCLA and some tourney. We'll be back in a couple minutes.